Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Roper Report Much Day podcast. I'm a new voice today. My name's Tom and I'll be hosting it. And I'm starting off, I'm here with my cousin and fellow, I suppose, match day goer, Johnny. Johnny, how's it going? Not bad. Not bad. So, Sunderland on a bit of a run of form. As we're unbeaten in five, uh, won a couple. So, it's, it's looking slightly rosier for Phil Parkinson. It's the same 11 as usual. Uh, the Well, I suppose it's three at the back now, has been identified as with Onai and Hume playing as wing-backs. Still got Charlie White up top. Johnny, what are you expecting today against Wickham? Yeah, I'm expecting Wickham to probably close the uh, close their defence up today and try and come away with a point, if I'm honest. Yeah. Because they've they're on a terrible run of form at the minute. Yeah. So they're going to be playing for a draw today. Simple as that. Time wasting tactics. Yeah. Well, definitely. I think it was uh, Graham did mention in the other podcast. Is Wickham are quite notorious shit houses. Uh, is there anybody in particular, sort of, in the Wickham side that worries you much, or is it just you? You just expecting them to shut up shop, like you said. Just, I think they'll play a shut up shop. Probably more direct football, a bit like we're going to play today. I would expect long balls. I think it's going to be a tennis match today, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, same is. I suppose that the only counter to that would be last week we saw Sunderland keep the ball on the floor a bit more than they usually do. Uh, do you really think, though, honestly, that if we're going to go play the long ball football, the day's conditions are going to suit that kind of game? Uh, well, if they stick the ball in the air, it's going to be a bit, uh, what can I say, unpredictable where it's going to land, especially with crossfield passes those long balls are going to hold up if you're kicking into the wind and if you're and if you're kicking with the wind you're going to be having to run onto it so yeah. it's going to be a hard it's going to be a hard day for any defence today really yeah, yeah. no I agree I still uh, there's one thing I do like about Parkinson and that's his consistency with his team selection and I think that's where Jack Ross let himself down it was always chopping and changing especially centre-halves he seems to have found three centre-halves that he likes playing together Willis Flanagan and Oz Turk so we've got some consistency there for once he seems to like power in that midfield and he likes Charlie White up front he likes a big target man so obviously I don't like his football I don't like his brand of football 
but I do like his consistency. So if we can try and tweak some things, and obviously against Lincoln he did, if we can keep this up, I think he's got a chance. He has got a chance to keep his job, definitely. Yeah, I suppose that's, that's kind of a thing within the league, though I was looking at the league table on, on my way in, and essentially we've got a game in hand, and we are, we're only nine points away from first, you know, considering the one run we've been on. That is, I mean, it's testament to how poor the quality of this division is. Do you still think that we've got the got a chance to go up, or do you think we're just playing for a playoff spot at this moment in time? I think, realistically, it's playoffs. I cannot see. I think Coventry's going to run away now. I really do. I, th I think they're, they're, they seem to be the team to beat. Uh, the hammered yeah. these last week, so or the week before, so. And I think Oxford, I think they'll probably go up with them. They seem to have hit a bit of form now as well since they played Man City in the Cup. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, I think, obviously, you're, you're always going to want to go up more automatically, but realistically, it's the playoffs for us, like, definitely. An interesting point that people have been talking about this week as well um, has been the first two months of Phil Parkinson's tenure, we were just told, basically, hang on, hang on and hang on because we'll address the problems in January, we'll have money to spend, so on and so forth. Um, and as of speaking now, we're 11 days into the transfer window and the only move we seem to have made has been to get Kyle Lafferty in on a short-term deal. He's been without the club since the start of the season. Are you now concerned with how the window is moving, considering other clubs around us now have, have already started to strengthen and brought in players? already for some far considerable fees or are you just happy to sit and wait and get the right player for the right price? It's always concerning but the fact of the matter is this is Sunderland and this is the way we've always done things. I mean, we always, always go on about getting people in as ASAP but we never, seem, we never seem to get these people over the line. I don't know what the reasons are behind it, whether it's finance or whether it's the, the players don't actually want to come but you, you never know and you only find out once January the 1st hits, don't you? Maybe we need a bit of skullduggery. We do, <laughs> I, I think Lafferty, I, I mean, people can say what they want about Lafferty, but we need a nasty streak in a team. We're too nice in this league. Whenever we play teams that are lurking around the bottom, even in the playoff areas, they try and kick up and try and upset us, and we never, ever do that. And I think now's the time that we need to start doing something like that. So, yeah, the, the only worry is then is your head, sort of when you're signing those players, that you, you head more towards the sort of League Oneification of the club if we just start signing League One hard cases. Um, in terms of players like Lafferty, do you think he's really going to make that much of a difference or is he just a Northern Irish Charlie White? What, what's, your, what's your hopes and expectations for Big Lafferty? Uh, obviously, for him to score a few goals, but. He just he hasn't he hasn't got an excellent scoring record, no. but then he's always played at a higher level than this. So it's it's a two sides of the coin. You just you just don't know, do you? Yeah. You just do not. You don't know. Yeah. I suppose with League One strikers, is it's it's very knife edge whether they actually ever hit the ground running or whether they don't. I think they're fundamentally flawed in the fact that they're not. I suppose consistent would be would be the word. But he does come in with a lot of experience, so do you think that's another reason why he's being brought in, or do you think this squad has already got enough experience with the likes of Ledbetter and, and Max Power and players like that in the squad? I think he's the type of player that we need, maybe he's, because I think he, he's going to come with a little bit more class and finesse 
than what Charlie White brings. I mean, Charlie White's a bulldozer and he does put himself about, but he just lacks that little bit of class, that little bit of finesse that I think maybe Lafferty might bring. So I'm open to it. I'm not going to sit down and, and, and shut the door on him straight away and say it's not good, but you've got to give him a chance, haven't you? You've got to let him yeah, get yeah. in and, and bet himself yeah. in. I suppose the thing with Lafferty is as well, for the next six months, he actually has something to play for, is Northern Ireland could still end up at the Euros yet. So if he puts in a good run of form, he may well just get himself a slot on the plane if they if they make it there. So he's got that to play for. Um, so just to wrap it up, what are you hoping for today? What are you expecting today? Give us a match prediction and goal scorers if you're feeling brave. I'll take a one nil now. Take I would take a one nil now. Okay. Any... Obviously, three points is the must is a yeah. must today, especially with their form. But like I say, I'll take a scrappy one nil. Scrappy 1-0 Yeah I, I'm the same I'd be happy to just take a 1-0 A proper You know Danny Graham-esque finish from White Or someone Bouncing off his arse Or something like that And just getting through Because I think the three points Is the statement today And if we can Take those three points It really does put one back in the mix So we'll catch you all At the end of the match So A little bit unexpected I think there uh, Sunderland have Ran out 4-0 winners uh, I think It's safe to say They've absolutely destroyed Whitlam there some really good football, some really good goals. I'm here with Angry Man, otherwise known as Craig Chapman. Craig, talk with you the game, pal. Can't get over it. First of all, um, like we were just saying on the way over, it really is probably the best best 90 minutes that we've turned out now since since we actually dropped into League One. Uh, the performance levels really did not drop all the way throughout. I thought we were absolutely incredible. Uh, we said on the main pod last week we would have took a 1-0 win and it would have been the scrappiest game of football, but we just didn't let them settle and the, the most encouraging part of it was is just you know when we hit hit top form like we have I mean literally nobody can nobody can, can kind of stop or nobody can intervene and they, they just did not know what hit them I, I thought we were absolutely incredible yeah yeah I think one of the things for me is is we brought in that fitness coach what sort of three or four weeks ago now and you can see the levels of sort of the desire the running that the players have got in and that is just like you say from the off they've chased the ball they've hounded them and they've never let them settle and when you do that you're just creating a platform and some of the players the effort they're putting in is just absolutely brilliant isn't it? With the mistakes that we're now forcing upon defenders I mean last week obviously the Lincoln goal and I thought what was, what was good again today was obviously we drew a penalty from one interestingly I think it was the one who ran his mouth off a little bit when, uh, when Wigan beat us the last time and he was giving it you know you've got to respect us this that and the other and I thought what was great to do was just the shithousery element of uh, yeah. the entire team it was basically look you know we may not have fared well against her in the previous occasions, but literally this this is a cup final for you. I thought everyone in unison, I thought the fans, the players, literally just did not let it rest. And I think we're frightened the shite out of them from start to finish. They did. They look like rabbits in the headlights from early on, like definitely. But I think it's it's something that I alluded to quite a while ago is we need to get a little bit of arrogance about winning the side. And for the first time ever, especially under Parkinson, we'll come out and we had a bit of a swagger of, right, you're in the stadium of light and the, the players aren't intimidated by it anymore. So, I don't know, I'm, jury's still out on Parkinson, but it's starting to look less and less like the purple patch and more than... Uh, you know, more of a tactical change, I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, it, admittedly, I'm, I'm still one of Parkinson's biggest critics. However, today I will, you know, kind of 100% reiterate to say that that was just an incredible performance. And, and obviously he was the mastermind behind us. 
you know, you, you look at the fixtures, and I suppose the United says because we've just mo- we're sixth now, and everything is within touching distance, and you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we could even still win this league. The frustrations, if you like, is you look at some of the fixtures that we've had in the past, you know, 10, 15 games, whatever, and we've we've dropped points against rubbish sides, against Bolton, against Gillingham teams like that, and and it. It's like you said, if we had that arrogance, if we had that level of swagger about us, you know, we, we should be absolutely walking this league. There's still time. Um, we've got pretty much half of the season left, so there's, there's, there's no reason why we can't do it. What I like about Parkinson is, uh, today is, you know, he just he, he never let the performance levels drop. And he, he just seemed to back himself to just say, listen, you know, go out there, you've got that freedom, go express yourself. And like you said, that arrogance. I mean, Chris McGuire, he's got a lot of goals this season. He's got a few free kicks now as well. But I mean, to pull off the free kick the way he did, you know, for the final goal, it literally, with, with just looks at class above, you would honestly compare that to say like an FA Cup tie where we looked one division above them. And this is the team who's top of the league. Now, they looks, you know, prior to say five or six games ago that they were running away with it. And now all of a sudden there's, there's cracks in that team. And you don't know, maybe they're going to have a similar run of form where they all of a sudden go through a rough patch for the next 10 to 15, who knows? But we've just got to keep this momentum going. And, you know, in terms of who we look at for standout performances, you can't, you can't really single anybody out. I thought every single performance today was, was, was absolutely brilliant. I mean, even to the point where we say they barely threatened the last 10 minutes where they had a few chances, but John McLaughlin, you know, he, he was barely tested all game and still he manages to pull out two stunning saves at the end. So it's, it's just a complete contrast to, to where we were two weeks ago, to where I was standing outside yeah. the stadium just ranting and raving. And we said, and we've said it on the main pod as well, that this, this team is capable of so much more than they were delivering. And, and now... Who knows what it what it's from? Whether it's a case of you know professional pride's crept in and they start to say that you know we should be better than what we are, we should be winning this league. Who knows whether it's a kick up the ass from obviously people and you know the recent kind of statements going out if you like. But now, now they seem to be playing with an awful lot more expression, a lot more freedom, and and it looks like the shackles are off. They're enjoying it. You've seen at the end, they, they enjoyed the adulation, they enjoyed the praise from the fans, who once again were absolutely magnificent from the off. So. Just, just an exceptional day, really. Do you think, sort of, you know, if you're adding two and two together, then we briefly discussed it. Do you think there has been a link? Now, I'm not saying McGeady was a bad egg where McGeady was holding my back, so on and so forth, but there has definitely been some distinct changes that have happened the past few weeks. Obviously, you've got the McGeady thing, I think everything sort of come to a head at home to Bolton. We then had the following fan statements and things. Do you think that's kind of created a perfect storm? Do you think there's there's been a definite switch there? Or? It's almost turned the pressure away, if you like, from, from obviously the 11 on the pitch. Um, I mean, if you look at some of the comments from not just us, fellow fanzines, I mean, everybody who was in that stadium on, on Boxing Day, it, it all, they'd all set the same frustrations were creeping out. I mean, we sang for Kevin Phillips today, but we sang for Kevin Phillips on Boxing Day for much different reasons, you well, know. Well, Kevin Phillips was there the day, which is... I was going to say, that, that. That's, that's why. I mean, he, he was there as, obviously, as a guest. But you just can't put your finger on it. I mean, when McGeady was in the team, I think we've all, we've all said everybody was guilty of being overly reliant on him and, and just basically directing the traffic through him. And now, all of a sudden, you just see so many patterns developing. I mean, George Dobson today, he, he looked a class above where he was. And whether it's a case that partnerships now start to form, you know, he's getting a consistent run with Max Power. You've got the link up on the left-hand side between Denver Hume and Lyndon Gooch. I mean, Gooch has been absolutely sensational since he returned to the team. Now, I've been championing the return of McGeady for quite some time. I've always maintained to say, if you've got a player to his calibre, don't try and force him out. Just try and try and resolve your issues. If they, if they, 
you know, not beyond repair, try and fix things so we're not basically going throughout the entire window where basically we could be getting into the dying days and saying, look, you know, we've got to try and bring you back. And now obviously he's going to be feeling somewhat cheesed off and he's not going to give us 100%. But I mean, based on the day's performance, you'd say we don't really need him. And one of the things I've said in recent weeks, we haven't played anybody. We've just played the top of the league team today with pretty much the exact same setup that we've had in recent weeks and we've absolutely destroyed them. So I'm confident of playing absolutely anybody, anyone now, anybody here especially. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I must say I'm the same. I think there has been, like you say, there's a few patterns developed. I think one of the main patterns for me has been the sort of, we've abandoned a lot of the long ball football. I think it's it's evident to say, discussing it with people around me in the stadium and that, and everybody has agreed we've moved away from the long ball football. Doing that is also allowing us to get the ball into Max Power, who today, for me, it was a captain's performance, and he has been for the past few weeks. He's really taken the bull by the horns within that side. Um, Charlie Wake, once he gets a goal, different kind of footballer. He was playing with some confidence. So, you know, I mean, there's two ways you can look at it for me. Is either Parkinson, who's quietly, he's stuck it out, he's found a way to do it, and, you know, this is all this, and, you know, he's a low-key genius, or he's just somehow stumbled upon a total fluke of a scenario... <laughs> And he's just riding it out, but I'll tell you what, Phil, if that's the case, mate, just keep on riding it out because it was superb today. The, um, I mean, look, where we are now, we are basically the exact position where we were when Jack Ross left. Now, I said I'm here to get an extra 10 to 15%, and I, I, look, I, I've attacked him with that pretty much every single week on this podcast to say you're not getting this today. For the first time, I believe that he's got that out of those players. I honestly think that every single one were playing for each other, they were playing for, certainly playing for him, and there was there was times in recent weeks where you go, it doesn't look like it, but they're chasing balls down, they're now capitalising on other people's mistakes, and you've seen in the past, you know, whether it was under Ross, whether it was under Parkinson, there was a half-assed effort where we've got to try and rally them on and basically say, you know, get out of team. Now, it's not so much needed now, where basically in the past you're saying, We've got to basically up the atmosphere and try to get them to match us and, and, and marry up with that. But it's basically them from the offset to say, we're going to set the tempo, we're going to get the fans on side, and we're just going to get our team. So, you know, long may that continue. And especially with the games you look at, we've got Milton Keynes next. Um, I mean, look, with all due respect, that's, that's a winnable game. You've got to be going to teams like that and say, we're going to beat them. Um, can't be too complacent, of course, because they have had some decent results of late, but still, nonetheless, got to go and win that game. If it be Doncaster at home, all of a sudden afterwards, you, you look at that and you go, right, the tide's turning. And I said, I said post Bolton that really what we've got to be targeting is we've got to be targeting maybe eight from ten. You see that the day and you say, who's going to stop us? I yeah. can't see anybody beating us on that performance. Yeah, especially with how beatable everybody seems in that league. It's been been well documented on the podcast as well we've been on a horrific run and still managed to stay in touch I was looking at the league table before I come in we've still got 21 games to play and before today we got nine points adrift we'll now be I think it's a maximum of six or seven yeah. I can't remember precisely but you've, you do have to think honestly with so many games left to play that you, we are still in it and I think it was last week I said to someone is that if we could take 11 points or more from the next five games we'll be floating around the top of the yeah. table and I think that's definitely it's definitely a possibility now but the main thing is we've got to keep this going and not get derailed in the transfer window where we've not done much business or looked like doing much business thus far Yeah, I mean momentum is the key really isn't it? If you look at some of the teams that went up I mean Newton Town in particular I know people say they're the best size and 
last season. I think they went what maybe 25 games or something, something like that, unbeaten, and, and that really that really got them out of the league. Now, if we can see forge a late run like that, you know, nobody's going to be targeting us like we're being sat top of the table all season and saying we're going to shoot them down. Now all of a sudden teams are looking over the back, and if you send out a statement like we have today. It is going to unnerve a lot of teams. You're looking at, at Oxford a few weeks back. They, they were right up the top and they've just been beat comfortably again today. And you just think it's, it's anybody's league now. All of a sudden, if, if we persist with the same endeavour, if we have the same heart, if we have the same levels of performance, and if we get January right, which admittedly at this stage, you know, I'm, I'm uncertain as to what level of business we're, we're going to be doing. It's like you said, it, it's, it's very much likely to be freebies and loans. Jury's out for me with, uh, with the signing of Kyle Lafferty. I mean, I just haven't seen an awful lot of them. Yeah. Late, hence the reason why I don't want to say it's a good signing or whether I want to say it's a bad signing as of yet. The only one I think that I can probably suggest is he's likely not to be match fit. Um, so if it's the case that he can maybe like forge 10, 15 minutes towards the end of a game and replace Charlie White's performance like that today, then, you know, so be it. But it'll be interesting to see what business we do. Um, obviously, we're 10 days in now. We're linked with a lot of players, so... Yeah. Case of wait and see, but the difference is, is two weeks ago you'd say who wants to sign for this football club based on that run of form. You look at that today and you say, right, okay, show them the tape, show them the fans, and you know, show them the reaction of those players coming off the pitch today. I mean, by goodness, anybody who want to come here. She was quite irate, by the way, wasn't she? She was, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, we've just somehow managed, such as the joy of like live reaction podcasting, this interrupt domestic argument in the bar, but. Um, They've gone now, so that's, that's all right. With it's the no continue. reflection on the Hilton uh, Hotel, which caters usually for lovely, lovely people. Yes, but I know. They yeah. weren't of the ilk. Yeah, I know. It's quite surprising, actually, <laughs> that we've managed to do this podcast and find somebody angrier than Craig. So there's a first time for everything. Well, but on the subject of Angry Man Craig, obviously we've got this, we've got the positive of the win and so on and so forth. Is there anything you want to say? Because I have a suspicion you might want to see a few things just about what's happened this week. Clear the air, get a few things off your chest. Well, first and foremost, let's just kind of delve away from the performance, which, like I said today, I think was absolutely magnificent. I credit Phil Parkinson for it. I thought he was absolutely spot on. I thought the selection, absolutely impeccable. And again, for me, I was Jack Ross's biggest fan, but for me today, that was the best performance that we've had since dropping down to this level. I don't think many people will agree. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things that we need to tidy up, don't we? Um, I think especially in terms of the way kind of social media reactions, things like that have been of late. Um, we had a lot of people obviously saying, you know, on Facebook, I think in particular, I mean, by God, Facebook's like a war zone at the best yeah, of times. I, I got compared to Donald Trump at one point, which is a bit bit wild because uh, <laughs> anybody who knows me knows I'm pretty left-wing, so that was uh, somewhat extreme. But, so, yeah, yeah I, th I think for me, you know, we've had a lot of people saying, well, look, you know, you don't speak for me. And I'd say you're absolutely right. So... That was never our mantra, if you like, to basically set out to say that we speak on behalf of everyone. So I would say you're absolutely right. We don't speak on behalf of anybody else. We don't claim to. But I will also say on the flip side that those who agree with the campaign, they're entirely right also. Now, interestingly, after the last pod, uh, the, the last reaction, um, somebody asked, you know, the other day, basically said, as a fanzine, you know, how do you go about pleasing everyone? Now, not to say that is something that we should be trying to do anyway, but how would we even go about it? of social media, the reflections on that, and certainly society, if you like, in the past week, not just on Sunderland, but in everything. You know, we live in a moment where everything immediately seems to, to default to outrage, and it's like an MO, uh, basically saying, it's either exactly as I see it, or you're wrong. Now, the common theme, if you like, that I'm finding with those who are disagreeing is that they don't seem to be prepared to accept or entertain new opinions the vast. 
um, basically for their own opinions to kind of be like rebranded and, and given back to them. And, you know, that's kind of one thing that we've said, we're, we're going to remain true to, to obviously the message. Now, at no point have we ever, you know, kind of went against anybody and, and, and said, look, you know, it's, it's kind of an us and you sort of thing. So if people support the current regime, we're absolutely fine with it. But they must also be accepting of others who are, you know, really want to raise pertinent questions and respect our desire to see change. It does work both ways. But I think at the moment, it is, it's like a crazy thing. There seems to be such a norm, um, like a, a devoid of nuance and compassion and acceptance around people having different opinions. And, and just in respect of where we are now, look, I mean, protests and supporters at any football club are only ever a symptom and certainly never ever a cause. We're a group of fans with realistic expectations. We want the very best of our football club, and I think everybody can agree on that. And we knew before any decision was made that the actions would certainly please some, and it would anger you know, other people as well. So for those people who are tweeting and DMing saying, you know, we don't represent all fans, you're absolutely right. And I know there has been a minority who have disagreed with the Donald Out protest, and it's absolutely fine, because like I said beforehand, you know, that's their opinion, which we respect. But I would ask that they also respect ours because, look, we've got absolutely no personal agendas. You know, everybody here contributes voluntarily and we all invest so much time and effort in, uh, into this football club, which we, we all love. You know, we're all here. We all want the very best. So I would just hope that at least everybody kind of appreciates that the content that does come out of this, it's not, you know, kind of a, a dictatorship, if you like. If you, if you refer back to the Exiles podcast that was released during the week, one of the, the strong messages that you seen from, from everybody on there was basically was saying they particularly disagreed with the Donald Out protest, but they could understand the reasons why. So, like I said, I think we'll just need to go about, you know, kind of displaying a level of respect for absolutely everybody all the way through and, and ensuring that as fans, regardless of the politics that's going on behind the scenes, we remain together because today, as soon as that ball was kicked from the off, Everybody rallied. The atmosphere was absolutely magnificent. And you know what? It was, it was a really enjoyable match day experience. So long may that continue. Um, you know, whether it is the case that obviously anything else develops, then I'm sure obviously it will be brought to the forefront of social media. But again, like I said, I think it's more of a celebratory success um, today opposed to, you know, kind of attacking people or, or sort of divulging more things. I mean, I've got personal opinions on the statement that was released by the football club. I've got personal opinions on what was the comments which are alleged to be from Charlie Methven, but you know, those could be saved for another day. Descriptions that have come out to basically say that, you know, whether it is factual comments or whether it's alleged, people have described that there maybe is a disease around this football club and around this, the, you know, people, people think that there's a, a fundamental problem with Sunderland fans. You look at that today and you think that after all of the shit that we've been served up, double relegations, embarrassments off the pitch, star players going to prison, there's still almost 30,000 in there today and we're still giving absolutely everything we can. So look, long may that continue. I'm sure I'll bring out the angry side again at some other stage, but I think it's been an absolutely fantastic day and I don't think we should divert too much away from it. I think it's been brilliant. Yeah, I think sort of personally, just as sort of interim host on this one, I would probably just so I kind of echo your sentiments. I don't think anybody here is wanting to derail the football no. club. Don't think anyone here is wanting to create a negative thing. But what people do need to remember is in, in a democracy, which essentially is what a football club is, it's, yeah. it's a sort of small democratic system unto to itself, is, it is perfectly natural to ask questions, to ask if you can do better, because if you don't ask those questions, you just end up in a dictatorship. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do 
It's either not ask those questions or ask those questions too late and you end up in a situation like Bolton or Berry did, Bury, yeah, which is really. what we don't want. But like you say, I think the main thing is we need to keep the off the pitch and on the pitch side separate, especially on match days, because like you say, the, the way the fans got behind the, behind the squad again today, absolutely fantastic, second to none. And I think we all need to remember at the end of the day, whether your, your opinion is Donald in, whether your opinion is Donald out, as soon as those players cross the white line, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, we're all supporting the same side and there's not a person in that ground who wants to see Sunderland not do the best they absolutely can. So let's, let's, let's just have one criticism, right? Which I can't get my head around. And it kind of draws us back to, I had this conversation with somebody at halftime. When we played Man United a good few years ago now and we beat them 1-0, Seb Larson scored the goal and then we had that lovely like 30, 40, pass movement and Barini hit the bar and we always said it's like the best football goal that we've ever never ever scored today when we had the flick around and you know it, it comes over the head how on earth Charlie White never scored that and I thought he was fantastic the day but that was just I think it kind of sums up his time he grafts his bollocks off but you know he literally could have been on the end for what you would have said his goal of the season and somehow somehow it just never comes off for him but um only criticism then, if you like, that basically we should have won this about 10 or 11 nil that day. But yeah. uh, let's, let's at least, you know, look, look at the positives. We scored four, four good goals. Um, well taken penalty, stunning free kick, caused some problems from the offset. And if we walked into that ground today and we said we're going to beat these four nil, you know, I think most people would have said, yeah, we'll take that. Aye. Yeah, yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I think that's a nice, just little bit ended off. We got a little bit of angry man, not too much <laughs> angry man. But uh, you know, just the right amount this time. So I think all in all, it's been it's been an up and down week for the fanzines in general. But it's been nice to finish it off with a good win against the top side. Absolutely. Let's have a bit of unity again. Let's go back into next week against Milton Keynes. We're bang smacking it now. Resurgent bit of form, and you think, let's kick on. Luton kicked on from this position last season. Charlton did as well, and they both made a late surge. Now we've still got the best part of four months to go. We've got a transfer window in between that as well absolutely no reason why we can't be talking about promotion again and that's a word that we have not used in quite a while so yeah you know future at least for the moment is looking somewhat positive so so long may it continue yeah long may it continue indeed so i've been tom he's been craig we've been wrote report and we'll catch you next time When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. 
Code Program.